As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If just for a minute I'd fall asleep and not dream about you I hate to admit it I'm out of ideas I don't know what to do Most of the times I think I'll make it through But all that it takes is one image of you And it shivers Hello and welcome to Investigators Podcast. I'm your host, Chad, alongside my wife, Sherry. We hope all of you are doing fantastic out there this evening. It is January 10th, 2023. And so tonight we are going to be talking about the Idaho student murders. Again, we actually have a very, very, very special guest on the podcast tonight. Uh, his name is Jason Hansen. He is an ex-CIA agent. He is an expert in survival and in spy tactics. He he is a best-selling author And so we're going to talk with Jason about what could have potentially uh, went wrong in this situation. How was Brian able or allegedly Brian able to infiltrate this house so easily and also be able to slip out of the house so easily? And I think the biggest thing that hopefully we get from this episode is that Jason can give as much of his expertise as possible to be able to potentially prevent this from happening again absolutely to someone else and listen and even to your kids that are in college there are things you can do to safeguard things to make sure this does not happen again so we really want to talk about the murders why they happened how they happened and how possibly it could have been pre prevented and how it can be prevented in the future yeah And so for those, uh, obviously, that are potentially could be just joining us, uh, November 13, 2022, four students at the University of Idaho were fatally stabbed in their Moscow, Idaho home. And so on December 30th, 2022, a suspect, which is 28-year-old Brian Christopher Koberger, was arrested in Monroe County, Pennsylvania on four counts of murder in the first degree and felony burglary. Uh, the victims in this case is Ethan Chapin, Kaylee Gonzalez, um, Zaina Kernodal, and uh, Madison Mogan. So we're obviously still praying for the families of, of all the victims. It is absolutely one of the most crazy, 
murders. You, I mean, to in the in the I guess recent years. I mean, right. it's been years since we've heard about something like this, yeah, especially and then, college students. Yeah, and then in Idaho, it's been like over seven years or something that they've had anything like that. But being a mother of a daughter that age, it just brings it home to me. I could not imagine what these parents and these families and these brothers and sisters are going through right now. But I know they have to have some type of relief that they at least have a suspect that's under arrested, I mean, under arrest and has been shipped to Idaho. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so Brian Koberger, the 28-year-old suspect in this case, uh, he made his first court appearance last Thursday morning after arriving in Idaho. And so during the hearing, a Lataw County judge ruled Koberger would remain in jail without bail. Uh, Koberger was also given a no-contact order that prohibits him from having any contact with the victim's families, friends, or surviving roommates. And Koberger was booked into the Lataw County Jail on Wednesday night. He faces first-degree murder and burglary charges for the death of all the victims. And so if Koberger pleads guilty or is found guilty, he faces the death penalty or life in prison. And so during Thursday's hearing, Koberger was present with his public defender and Taylor Lataw County Magistrate Megan Marshall informed Koberger of his rights and read the charges against him. And so because, because Koberger is the defendant in the case, the state bears the burden of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that he is responsible for the four murders. He is also eligible to have a preliminary hearing within 14 days of his first appearance. And so if probable cause is established during the preliminary hearing, Koberger's case will be transferred to Lataw County District Court, at which point he will be allowed to enter a plea of guilty, not guilty, or no contest. A jury trial will also be set at that time. So Koberger's attorneys request a status hearing to be held within a week of Thursday's hearing, at which point it will be declared if he will have a preliminary hearing. That hearing is scheduled for January 12th at 10 a.m. So this this hearing that is that is coming up in uh, in two days on Thursday, January 12th, is a status hearing. And that hearing is is literally just to decide if he will have a preliminary hearing or not. Um, so... You know, it's not going to be anything crazy January 12th as far as we're not going to find out any new details or any of that stuff. But it is a hearing that is going to determine if he is going to have a preliminary hearing in this case. Um, so that's basically all we know so far since his last court appearance. Uh, it's, it's basically very formal things that happen during court, especially with murders and, and so on. Um, so I think, like I said, tonight this is going to be a, a really good episode to be able to ask Jason uh, ex-CIA and best-selling author. This is what he does. He has a company in Utah, which we'll get into his bio here in just a minute, but he has a company in Utah that they train civilians. They train civilians on how to be aware, how to prevent uh, violent crimes from happening to you. And so, like I said, I, I don't think there was a better person we could have had on um, the show tonight, and, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Also, I do want to mention, guys, um, so tomorrow, which is January the 11th, on Twitter, if you look up Investigate Earth Podcast, we are going to be holding a Twitter Spaces. Twitter Space is where everyone can come in. We're gonna. It's kind of like a podcast, but you guys can come in. You can request to speak. You can be on the panel. You can discuss what your thoughts and opinions are. Um, so it's basically like a panel discussion. It is like being in a meeting room or a boardroom. And so we've already got quite a few people signed up. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of the Twitter spaces, please go to our Twitter at Investigate Earth Podcast. Look on our timeline. You'll see the uh, Twitter space notification there. You'll see it. Uh, and just RSVP it. Make sure we know you're coming. 
And uh, and then once we get on the Twitter space, if you would like to speak, you can hit request. It works off your phone. Very easy. You don't have to have a crazy microphone or any of that. Just make sure if you are a speaker that um, you have a quiet background, a quiet environment. And, you know, I, I think it's something that so many people want to talk about. And I, I, I just I thought that would be a good idea to have a space where people could go and discuss all of these things. It's not, uh, you know, it's not in a podcast form to where it's going to be released to the world or any of that stuff. Um, so it's, I think it's just a good idea to to have a discussion about it. And that's that's literally what we do on this podcast. We want to discuss the things that are going on, and that's why the amount of – we probably had four or five episodes on Idaho murders. And so um, with the ability to have Jason on, I was like, we have to have Jason on in relation to the Idaho murders because this really could potentially – uh, be something that could help save someone else's life in the future. Um, so before we get into the interview, Jason Hansen is a survival expert and founder of Spy Escape and Evasion, which is spyweek.com. is a company devoted to teaching men and women how to be safe using techniques that provide them with the knowledge and skills to protect themselves and their family, no matter what happens, giving them confidence and ability to take appropriate actions in a crisis of life-threatening situation. Jason Hansen is a two-time Exceptional Performance Award-winning former CIA officer and New York Times best-selling author of Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life. Jason has run his company since 2010 and has taught thousands of people how to be situationally aware, how to use defensive tools and techniques, and learn the inside secrets to using these techniques to stay safe. Each year, Jason hosts Ultimate Spy Week, an exciting and fulfilling week of self-defense, gun handling, invasive driving, escape techniques, and much more. Also, just on a side note, outside of his bio, Jason also is hired by uh, VIPs, uh, people that have the money to hire him to come into their house to, 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 I guess, get his expertise on how to protect their house. How are we going to ensure that we are safe? How are we going to ensure that uh, someone that may want to come after us, murder us, kill us, whatever the case is, uh, whether they're high-profile high people or whatever, Jason is an expert in that field, and he goes into these homes and ensures that they have basically a Fort Knox at their home. So, I, like I said, I, again, I don't think there's a better guest we could have on for this episode. And so, without further ado, let's get into the interview with Jason Hansen. Jason, so we are here with Jason Hansen, ex-CIA agent. And um, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, Jason, I was actually just obviously we've been talking about the Idaho murders. We kind of had a little intro, which you pro you obviously didn't hear, but um, I was kind of reading through your bio, and you've got a pretty extensive bio. So, you are an ex CIA agent. You have a a company that is SpyWeek dot com. Uh, with SpyWeek, do you essentially teach the traits of the or the tricks of the trade? I guess you can say as far as CIA and and how people can protect themselves. What is your course about? Sure. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So it's it's a week long course, and we cover escape and evasion, evasive driving, pistol, rifle, hand to hand combat. Uh, so everything I do has to be run by the agency. Meaning, I had to submit this all to them, and they had to say yes, this is good, this isn't classified. So it's a very in depth week of training to obviously make people safer. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I was like, I'm I'm assuming when you're in the CIA, you, you obviously there's a lot of like what they train you that would be, I guess, classified, right? 
Well, what it is, is it's mostly sources and methods. So if I said to you, hey, I was in, you know, Mexico City once and we used XYZ to do a dead drop. I mean, if I was very specific like that, that's the stuff that gets me in trouble. But teaching you how to ram through a roadblock, teaching you how to do the 180 reverse turn, that type of information is not classified. Can I, I ask you. you can I ask you a silly question? What is the difference between FBI and CIA and who has the most authority? Authority. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously the agency guys are better. So they're yeah. FBI agents and CIA officers. So everybody says CIA agent, but it's actually CIA officer. And the difference is the FBI has jurisdiction in the United States, so they can obviously go make arrests and do that type of thing, where the CIA operates overseas and does everything illegal that would get you arrested here in the United States if you were doing it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, because we we've all, they, even with the Idaho stuff, you know, we've heard so much about the FBI. Obviously, mm-hmm. the FBI has been heavily involved in the case, uh, along with local police, state police, so on and so forth. Um, but you know, is is it <clears throat> is the CIA? I, I guess is your training. Would you consider your training? I guess a level above FBI. Or how's that work? I mean, is it kind of? Uh, categorized as far as FBI specializes in murders and CIA specializes in covert operations overseas, so on and so forth. How, how's that all play out? Well, I, I don't mind taking off all the FBI guys listening to this because we always have a good time, and I got plenty of friends who are FBI. But I'm, I'm going to definitely say the agency guys are better trained, and that's here's the probably the best way to look at it. The FBI is law enforcement, so they're investigating murders. They're here in the U.S. most of the time. Obviously, they do do things overseas, but they don't go overseas undercover. They don't have to worry about getting rolled up and ending up in some prison or getting tortured or any of that. So when you're overseas with the agency, obviously you're not coming out and saying, Hey, I'm John Doe. I work for the CIA. You're, you have an alias, you're under some type of cover. Uh, you know, you're not using your true name. So you have to be very good at what you do because if you get caught overseas, bad things can happen. So there's a lot more, uh, you know, higher risk factor where here the FBI can screw up and, and do something wrong where if you're overseas with the agency and you screw up, there's much bigger consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let me ask you this. Um, I, I'm assuming you've heard pretty extensively about you're not you're I guess you're not very far. Your training is located in Utah, correct? That is correct. Um, so you're not very far from where the Idaho murders happened and uh, the four college students that got murdered. And by what, apparently, I guess this guy was going to college for his Ph.D. to uh, in, in criminal justice or criminalistics or whatever the case be. Um, is it was this kind of surprising to you that this uh, potential suspect was a Ph.D. student in criminal justice? Is it is it? surprising you that he, I guess, wasn't as good at it as maybe he thought he was um, as far as the murders go. And what is kind of your just whole take on that whole murder situation? Sure. I mean, we're all familiar with the saying genius is next crazy. So finding out he's some PhD student, uh, you know, finding out that he's criminal justice, none of that's surprising. Uh, when you look at the, the crime scene, when you look at what happened, clearly he's no criminal mastermind with the trail he left. Uh, you know, joking about the CIA guys is we're very good at covering things up. We're very good at making sure we're ghosts. And we're never there. And yeah. so if the agency guy went in there and needed to do something, then nobody would know. Nobody would be able to trace it back to him. There's ways you can do it. And, of course, the agency only does good things. They're not using it for anything illegal. Of course not. Uh, so, 
<laughs> so, yeah, this this guy was this guy was not uh, he, he was not the brightest bulb out there. Yeah. Um, and so what uh, I guess for, for people that don't know, a Ph.D. student in criminal justice, what is the difference in that training and CIA? I mean, is there just a just complete mountain of difference as far as what a CIA agent that would have went to CIA training at wherever that is versus someone that's been in school for, say, eight years um, or seven years or six years, whatever, whatever the case may be. Is there just a huge difference in, in that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's academia. I mean, I, I have a four-year degree. I have a bachelor's degree. And unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or need it, it's pretty much useless. So you don't learn anything real world in college. And when you join the agency, you go to the farm. The farm is the super secret squirrel place that always they talk about in movies. And so you go to the farm and get some extensive training on everything you need to know. And it's stuff that you can't learn just sitting behind a desk. Now, obviously, there is desk time. But if you're learning evasive driving, if you're learning shooting, if you're learning surveillance detection routes, which I'll talk more about later, that stuff is, again, you have to be out and about. You have to be going through the motions, learning it in a driving range, in a shooting range, wherever you're at. And you're not learning that in some college. Yeah, for sure. So basically, he was book smart, but not street smart. Yeah. Yeah, That is a wonderful way to put it. Yes. Yeah, and there's a lot of people like that. I mean, there's a lot of people that can learn everything, but when put into practice, it does not necessarily come through. Now, one of the things that was uh, that was very interesting with the affidavit that that you know, uh... as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, kind of played out the scene in real time. So if you read the affidavit, it, it, it you know talks about how... You know, the fact that he how he kind of went through the house, the fact that he saw one of the surviving victims as he was leaving the house, that she stood in shock. And and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, this uh, uh, alleged killer did not kill her. Um, but the fact that he left a knife sheath, uh, which was apparently the first person that he killed, the mm-hmm. first victim that he killed in this particular situation he actually left the knife sheath, which they traced back DNA to him from that knife sheath. Um, what do you just mentally? What do, What do you think of why you would have possibly left a knife sheath, uh, or even t- um, taken it to begin with, 
uh, at a murder scene. I mean, is, is that some kind of adrenaline mind thing to where you, you think you have this planned out, but then when it comes to the point of actually doing it, you just lose your your mind? I mean, is that kind of potentially what, what could have happened? Well, I mean, many things. One is these sociopaths, psychopaths, and I've dealt with them, they have no soul. They think they are better than anybody else. They are incredibly arrogant and literally think they can get away with murder. And so this is one of the reasons that polygraphs are not admissible is because there are these one to two percent of society who are so crazy that you could go stab somebody in the next room, put them in a chair and they say, hey, did you see or you tell them, hey, did you stab anybody? And they say no. And they pass because they have no soul. So one is the arrogance thinking, no, I'm not going to get caught. I'm smarter than 99 percent of people and all these other people are idiots. And then, of course, the other thing is just poor planning. Yeah. I mean, if you were going to do this, I mean, it goes back to my mind is always agency operations. But if you're planning an op, that could be weeks and months and years, depending on what it is. And this guy clearly did not take the time to plan it out, to think it through because he was arrogant, a psychopath and thought he was smarter than everybody else and was be able to get away with it. Yeah. Do you think his fascination was more with the fascination of criminal justice as far as the investigation side of things? He thought he could get away with murder. Or do you think potentially that his mindset was more on the fascination with the victims? I mean, does that does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I honestly don't know that answer. I mean, there are these these group of people who watch these murder mysteries now and these true crime thrillers and say, Oh yeah, I know that idiot got caught. I would never get caught. I could get away with it. And they want to kind of test the system. And then there are all these people that are just for lack of a better word, loser stalkers, because I deal with a lot of domestic violence victims. I help them get away. I show them how to hide in the U S and hide the right way type of thing. So yeah, I don't know if he was one of these guys who just, hey, I want to test the system and see if I can get away with murder, or I'm obsessed with this woman because I probably can't get a woman anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me ask you this too: is is this something that you know uh, the the average the average person goes to bed and and I understand that nowadays we live in a different time. But, you know, we, we there's still places like Moscow, Idaho, probably, and like many college towns that they 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 it's a party house. They they have off campus home or an on uh, on campus home. And especially the younger you are, you just assume that you're you know, there are just everyone's good. Right. And you're oblivious to the bad in society now. And so I, I think that it at least what it appears is that he um, pretty effortlessly entered the home and exited the home pretty easily. I mean, this was not something that, you know, you had to find some way in and mm-hmm. you, know, you had to break down a door or pick a lock. This was a pretty easy walk in and out. And was it a pretty easy walk in and out because he was stalking the home prior to the actual murders? Yeah. Yeah, what is, I mean, what 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 do you what do you tell people now, uh, you know, is is there anything you can drive home to people that like we're living in, I guess, a different world, and you probably know better than anybody, I guess, on that. Yeah, so uh, times have obviously changed. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, when I was in college, it, we were all knuckleheads. Nobody was locking their doors. I mean, it's very hard to get across to a 20-year-old who thinks they're invincible that, hey, you need to lock your doors. However, these days, I have a lot of parents hire me because they have children going off to college, and they say, hey, I want you to teach them everything. I want you to tell them what to do. And 
locking those doors, doing the super easy things. Some colleges allow firearms, some don't. So I train people on that if they want to have them in their off-campus place or even on campus. And I think the biggest thing to hit home with is people, there's that old saying, I can't remember if it was John Dillinger, where people ask him, why did you rob banks? And he said, that's because that's where the money is. Yeah. And so a lot of these predators go to colleges because they know they're young people. They know they're not paying attention to their surroundings. They're glued to their phone. They can just go check door to door to door until they find a door unlocked and then go into that one. So I tell people, if you lock your door, if you're that 1% that makes it harder, the criminal is going to go to the other 99 people who are much easier victims. So make yourself the hardest target. That makes sense. So to that question, were, were college students in this case, uh, a potent, I mean, maybe something he might have learned in college or whatever the case is, did, did he see these college students uh, as potentially an easy victim? And, 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 and why? I'm, yeah, absolutely. I believe so. I mean, we don't know how long he watched and we don't know the true extent of stalking type of thing. <laughs> But it's not hard to do. I mean, when I'm training people, well, I'll give you an example. I talked about the surveillance detection route earlier, and it's an SDR for short. The best way to explain it is in the spy world, if you're overseas and you have a meeting with an asset, you don't get in your car and go directly from point A to point B, because if you're followed, both of you are going to end up with a bag over your head. So a surveillance detection route means you're going to go from point A to B to C to D to E, F, G, having all these stops in there before you get to their final destination. Mm-hmm. So maybe I go to the grocery store. Maybe I go to Walmart. Maybe I go get my dry cleaning. Maybe I go to the gym. And then I go to the place I'm having the meeting because that gives me all the place to detect surveillance. Yeah. And so I train people on this. And here's the little easiest thing to do. I once had a woman. She was in the Macy's shoe department. She was shopping for shoes. And she said there was this creepy guy who was staring at me. So I walked over to perfume and sure enough, two minutes later, this guy was in perfume. Then I went over to look at the vacuums. Two minutes later, he's in vacuums. Then I went to clothing. Two minutes later, showed up in clothing. So by now, this woman has run a five-minute SDR, and she knows she's being followed. She happened to see a security guard, pointed out the creepy guy, and the creepy guy took out running out of the front door of Macy's to never be seen again. Wow. So – when I'm, tr- when I'm training these college students, I say, listen, you can run an SDR just on college campus and do turns and this and that. And if that same guy is following you, then you know you're being followed and you need to go to a security guard. You need to stay in public. So that's one of the things that I, I encourage everybody to do. And I do it every night when I drive home from work just to make sure somebody's not following me home from my office. Yeah. And that's so sad because during this investigation, before they even made an arrest, Kaylee's mom came out and said, Kaylee had called me one night and she said, Mom, I think somebody's following me in her car, in their car. What do I do? Mom's like, pull over and call the police. Well, she was driving and then she's like, oh, well, they turned into the neighborhood or the, you know, apartment building behind me. So I guess I'm good. Potentially, that could have been Brian Brian that was stalking her and following her. What could you advise college students or anyone of that matter what to do if you suspect somebody following you in your car? Well, I always tell people, trust your gut. Your gut is going to be right the vast majority of the time. So if you see that, do anything you can to write down the place. Like in the instance where the car turns and go back and see where the car parks and write down the place and take it to the local police there or take it to campus police type of thing. Because there are so many of these stalkers 
And the police appreciate people who are being proactive. So you say, hey, this car, I'm pretty sure was following me. I feel uncomfortable. Well, you run the place and they can find out the person's information. So don't be shy of writing down someone's place. I, I think in society, so many people are timid and brainwashing. Oh, I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want them to get mad at me. Like when I see things, somebody's following me, I have no problem making it very obvious that I'm writing down their information or calling police because I want to make sure my family's safe. I've got six kids and a wife to take care of. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, I actually, I want to ask you this because this is a phone question and especially with college students, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, we have a college age daughter, you know, ourselves and, you know, one of the things that they always do is they're on their phones. They their heads are in their phones twenty four seven, and this is something that is just it's almost like you know they're oblivious to the outside world. And their life is all over. Yeah, social their life. Media. Yeah, their life's everywhere on social media. Everything about them's on social media. Um, but it is interesting, and I don't know if I, sh- I don't know if I should say this or not. But what I, I asked you earlier is like, hey, did you get my text? You're like, uh, no, I don't. I don't read text. Don't do text. Um, <laughs> And I actually saw an interview with you previously, and and this is a little bit ago. But do you have a smartphone yet, Jason? And if you don't have a smartphone, it's still a flip phone. Why is that? (laughs) Sure. So I actually have two phones. I have a flip phone, and that's the phone we're on now. I've never sent a text message in my life. I don't text at all. The reason I have a smartphone, honestly, is for recording videos, taking pictures, or using as GPS. So it's a data-only plan. I don't ever use it. There's not much on it. And what I tell these kids is, listen, I get you're addicted to your phones and you love them. But when you're walking through campus, when you're walking wherever, is that five minutes, put the phone away. Use your phone when you're in your house, when you're in your dorm room in a safe place. Because it goes back to if I'm the criminal looking for the easiest victim and I see one girl scanning with her head up and I see 20 girls heads buried in the phone, I'm going to go for the easy victims who are not scanning, who are not paying attention. So it's all about making sure you're not vulnerable because – Unfortunately, in this day and age, everybody is so zombie-like that it's not hard for criminals. So don't be the one person who's zombie-like, and you don't have to worry about getting abducted or or attacked or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. What what is um you know and and this is I, I guess a good question as well. If you is there in in the CIA, did you guys ever cover anything as far as uh, major? I don't know, like obviously criminal rings and stuff like that. I mean, and, and a lot of that probably took CIA agents out of the country and, and whatnot. But you know, there was one thing we actually mentioned, and I want to bring this back up again, and I'm not even going to go back in exactly how we went back into it before, even though it was true. But, um, you know, is especially with young girls, you know, there was one thing we, we said on, a, on another episode as far as some of these sex traffickers, even though this was not the case. But we also, I think a lot of people don't also understand and realize uh, just how many college student age girls are missing right now in the United States. I mean, if you go to the missing boards or the missing uh, database and look at age ranges and and women and how many girls are actually missing, right. which we don't have any idea where they went. And I think it's actually like teenagers, young kids yeah, all the young way up kids, to college. All, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is like just the idea of, we've all heard of sex trafficking. We've all heard of human trafficking. We've heard a lot about that stuff. Is, is that, could that even be a worry for, for just younger age girls? Is that something that you have ever dealt with? Is that a thing that anyone should even worry about? 
Yes, unfortunately, it's absolutely something people should worry about. I mean, there is an epidemic here in the U.S. when it comes to sex trafficking. You know, I tell most people you would never go overseas or let your daughters go to do half the things they do at concerts and the beach and beach week for college students if you knew how bad it is. So I I think far too many parents aren't doing some type of self-defense training, common sense training. I mean, one of my buddies likes to say is he says spying is common sense on steroids. And that's the absolute truth is so you need to teach your kids like, hey, if it sounds too good to be true, if this guy tells you that you're the most beautiful woman in the world and he wants to take modeling shots in his apartment, absolutely don't do it. And, you know, let me investigate it. Let me check his website. And you need to go with someone else because, unfortunately, we had one of these instances where it was a, hey, this guy wants to take modeling shots of you and the guy raped the woman in the apartment. Yeah. Uh, So I I think it's just parents need to uh, spend more time instilling common sense in their kids and doing the the grade school thing. Use the buddy system. Let me check it out for if you want to go to a modeling shoot, by all means, I'll come with you type of thing. So it's really got to be pounded in their head. Yeah. What are some things that you that college students on campus or off campus, either way, like what are some things that they need to do in their house uh, to safeguard? Yeah, even I mean, even just things that like if you are the head of the house, which, you know, I mean, some college houses have that, they, you know, the the more senior the person is, right, the, the, the better room the, they have yeah, and all that. Yeah, they're, they're going to have authority kind of in the house and so on. But what what are some things that need to be established as ground rules in college homes or apartments or whatever the case is to, to make, make them sure, safe? Yeah, to make sure they're safe. Like, what are some things they need to do in all aspects of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Unfortunately, because we're dealing with college students, is it's nothing normal that I would recommend. Meaning, they're not going to have alarm systems. Nobody's going to set them because I've already dealt with that. They're they're going to laugh at that type of thing. So what I say to these girls or guys, but it's mostly women, I said, listen, your house is not going to do anything. Nobody's going to pay attention to the security measures. You need to have them in your own room. So very simple ones. There's door stopper alarms. You buy these door stopper alarms on Amazon. They're 15, 20 bucks. Put it in the room or put it on your door to your room. It makes a very loud, annoying noise. And you'll wake right up. Other thing I say is most people are not going to have guns. I totally understand that. But you're probably going to laugh at about what I'm going to say is I have women who use tomahawks and machetes and they have them very close to their bed. These will do a serious amount of damage. So heaven forbid they're over in the worst case scenario. They can grab this very large blade and protect themselves. Yeah. So it's more about what you can do in your own room because the house itself is going to laugh at any security measures. Nobody's going to be responsible enough to do it. So you've got to take the action yourself to make sure nobody can come in your room. And I think also these people that are renting out these homes, they need to safeguard these homes as well. You yeah. know, I noticed like the home where these kids got murdered before had like padlock locks and had some other things, but they had no security, no like ring doorbell thing where you have video or anything. I think there's got to be something that yeah. hel- holds like the landlord in responsible for this. Well, not responsible for this, but yeah, I mean, yeah, to landlords make sure need the to... house is up to date with security. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I hundred percent agree with you. The problem is most landlords, unfortunately, don't care. So, I if I was a landlord, or you know, if I was a call, I'd say, hey, landlord, you need to have a doorbell, a video doorbell. You need to have motion sensor lights that are all over this place, and even security systems are dirt cheap these days. 
So they're not expensive whatsoever. And I'd have that for liability purposes if I was a landlord. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we live in a day and age with so much technology. It doesn't take much to make a place secure. I mean, even if you didn't want to have an alarm, you at least have a sticker, at least have a yard sign. So somebody thinks you have an alarm. I mean, at least do the bare minimum, if nothing else. And I also noticed, too, that I think these girls were good candidates of somebody stalking them because of the things that they had in their window that you could see outside. You could see right into the house because of the lighting outside. Their blinds were up. Like you could see pretty much what's going on inside of the house. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everybody these days is all over now sharing. Everybody, of course, wants to be an Instagram model, be famous and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I just it's so hard to get to get across to youth these days is like you don't realize you're making it an open book and so easy to come after you. I mean, I can get on Instagram and know everything about you. I can see the inside of your room. I can see your address. I can see everything. So just do a little less, like, especially when these people are traveling, Hey, I'm going to the beach. I'm right here. Or somebody I knew in college was like, Hey, I'm going to Disneyland for the week. And all of us are out of our house. We just told the whole world, your house was empty for a week. Post those Disneyland pictures afterwards, common sense, simple things that anybody can do, but it's just, it's, it's not, unfortunately it's not top of mind for everybody. Yeah, let me ask you this, and and I know this is kind of a crazy question, but I, I want to ask this because it's probably something people, and, and I'm sure you probably know something about this. There's been a lot of people ask, like, how can one person kill four people, right? Um, how can one person go in a house and kill four people? And, uh, you know, we, we have learned since the affidavit that not all of the people were asleep, um, but, you know, just the knife side of things, like, in in a fight against a knife, is is there anything that you can teach anyone or tell anyone potentially that maybe it could have turned out differently as far as self-defense? Uh, is this something that, you know, for example, once you get stabbed, your 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 fight ability is going to be severely diminished, even from the first potential stabbing? Like, you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, because everybody has those questions. Is like, how could four people die, like, you know, right. what from could one they person? done differently? Yeah. Sure. I mean, the way four people could die is that most people freeze. So most people barely fight back. They've never thought about it. They've never taken a self-defense class or any had any kind of self-defense training. So that's the problem is they sit there and they just freeze up and then they get stabbed over and over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, I, I teach knife defense classes, and obviously that's very in-depth. But for the sake of this, remember, movements save lives. If you get out of that area, if you move, you are very likely going to live. Because, sure, there are a few places on the body where you can get stabbed or it's close to lights out. But most of the time, just like a gunshot, you're not going to immediately die. You're going to be able to go. You're going to be able to fight back. And that's what people need to remember is it's more of a mental thing. It's about not giving up. Right. It's about not saying, hey, I see some blood. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to throw in the towel because I see a little bit of blood on me. Because you're going to have that adrenaline dump. You're going to be so much stronger than you could imagine. And if they just move and run and get out of there and do simple things like a kick in the growing or a punch in the throat. I mean, I had a woman once and I trained. And a guy pinned her up against a wall in New York City and tried to rape her. And she punched him in the throat and it saved her life because he went down and she was able to get away. And this guy was twice the size of her. So 
it, it just, it, you know, one self-defense class could ingrain that in people's mind and they would know what to do. I totally agree because I have been in circumstances where I'm trying to get the key in the door. And it's like the scary, you know, movie where you can't get the key in the door and you can't turn it fast enough because you're so scared. It's like you're frozen. But I guess what you're saying is your mind scrambled. Yeah, your mind is scrambled. But if you are aware of that and you take classes beforehand, that could prevent that frozenness, I guess. Yeah. How much is how much does training come into your ability to act when it happens? Well, training does. I mean, that that is a great part. But more important, because most people aren't going to spend the time to train. I realize that more important is going through in your mind and realizing it could happen and thinking how you're what you're going to do back. So most people bury their head in the sand and say, oh, my gosh, it's too scary. I could never imagine somebody uh, stabbing me. I could never imagine somebody raping me. I'm going to put that out of my head, and I'm never, ever going to even think of it. Well, that's the wrong attitude. What you want to do is say, okay, I'm going to imagine the worst-case scenario. I'm lying in my bed. I hear screaming. I walk out in the hallway, and I see a guy with a knife. What am I going to do? You should run. You should punch. So they need to visualize what's happening. And that's the good first starter, because even though all of us pray, it never happens. It's like I've never had a home invasion. I pray I never have one. I've gone through the steps of exactly what I'm due. If, heaven forbid, I end up in that situation. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because Chad has done he's been he's dabbled in law enforcement and everything. But when my daughter was younger. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like eight, nine, I guess, 10, 12. We would practice like home invasions. I mean, it's silly, but it's not because, you know, we made it a game, but it wasn't like we would pretend Chad was coming in. He was the invader. What would we do? Where would we go? And it, it made us almost practice what we would do if it really happened. Yeah, we also looked at situations that, you know, the things that you or I did was was didn't work versus right. did work. Like Faith realized, oh, I said her name. Faith realized she couldn't get under her bed, for example. Yeah, yeah. Like she, just could little not, things. she could not get under her bed when she was trying to hide. That's perfect. I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to do these very simple run-throughs. You want to make it a game if you have kids because then they'll enjoy it more. And you want to see what went wrong. I mean, I had a very simple, non-intentional run-through not too long ago where we had a big hailstorm. 
and we have glass breaker alarms on all the windows in our house. And I alarm went off in my five-year-old daughter's room. So I grabbed my flashlight gun. I was in her room in less than 10 seconds and I'm scanning around. Nobody's in there, nothing going on. I go out and look at my security footage and cause there's a security camera there and nobody was by the window or anything. So clearly a piece of hail had hit the window and that was it, mm-hmm. but it was a good dry run because everything went as planned. I was in her room in a matter of seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, Jason, let me ask you this too. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, backlash on law enforcement up until they actually got a suspect. But now with David, we're learning that apparently FBI was tracking this guy for a while. It seemed like they had the, you know, they had his phone. They tracked the phone. There were some things by, I guess, coincidence that a uh, campus police officer at Washington State actually saw Found this vehicle. And then started the process of saying, hey, this could potentially be it. Then they started tracing phone numbers and so on and so forth. But as far as the, uh, I guess, the the case that's going to that's gonna be in front of a jury at some point in time, um, you know, what is going to be the situation as far as geo-tracking, for example? They, they said that they had seen him and his phone around that area 12 times prior to the actual murder. They saw it come back to the, the the property the next day, or at least they he would he would basically turn it off as he was headed that way, turn his phone off, which is s- stupid. I mean, I guess a CIA agent would have probably just never taken his phone, right? Number one. Um, but <laughs> I laughed at him. But seriously, I mean, th- those are just yeah. little things. Like you turn your phone off as you're headed that way, the and then one you turn time, your phone off. Yeah, that one time he went to the house to do the couple times. The actually. deed is the only time you turn the phone phone off. Yeah. <laughs> but how how accurate is geo tracking on cell phones for law enforcement, and how admissible, or at least how much proof do you think, and how much weight does that hold in a courtroom? It holds a lot. I mean, without there's so much technology that even the average person has no idea exists that the government has. Uh, a lot of it's been spilled lately, but still, still amazing ways to track people. So it has a tremendous weight in the courtroom because when you see this guy going around and you say, hey, this was his cell phone. Here's the proof. Here's the data. And he turned the, the phone off like a knucklehead is, yeah, that's, I mean, that's great evidence. Most people have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. So my very first job out of college was as a police officer before I joined the CIA. And clearly in a case, before you have the guy captured and you're still gathering evidence, you're not going to say, hey, we think it's John Doe and we think he's headed across the country in his blue sedan right now, but we need to track him more and just gather more intelligence. Obviously, they're not going to tell the public all that because they don't want to expose the case and give this guy a clue that they're on to him. Same thing with the Unabomber. You know, when they're going tracking the Unabomber back in the day, they didn't mm-hmm. release everything because they don't want him to know that they're on to him. Uh, so we live in a day and age where the public has very little patience, but most law enforcement guys do do a fantastic job. I and mean, you just got to let them do their work. And there's so much technology at their hands that it's it's scary I mean, if you if you want to evade the government, let me know and I'll tell you how. But, but yes, it's, it's not hard for them to track somebody these days. Yeah. And what's funny that you said that I think of Ed, Edward. What? What's Edward his name? Snowden. Yeah, Ed, Snowden. Yeah, 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 Snowden. And with the whole tracking thing and that whole thing with him coming out saying they know your every move. Yeah. And I think I think. uh you know, I mean, not to, not to put this on Twitter files, but, you know, I'm just saying. But I'm just saying, okay, for an example, <laughs> listen, this is crazy. I was looking up Chewy, like, dog for dog food 
yesterday, and then when Chad gets on his phone, yeah, my phone he it. gets a dog chewy like commercial thing on his phone. Yeah, and I, did, I, I just I'm I like, oh my up. god, that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, but Jason, let me. People make it even easier these days too. They bring in their Alexas, they bring in their Google Voice into their home. So, like back in the day, I'll tell you a real quick, interesting intelligence op. There was a guy that the U.S. government wanted to spy on. He was a big art fan, had a lot of artwork in his house. So, a mutual contact, the agency recruited and said, "Hey, give him this piece of art. Say it came from you." So he hands this guy the art, which of course has a bug in it, a listening device. And the artwork goes in the person's house, and the government's able to spy on them and get all this information. Well, yeah. now you don't even have to go through all that trouble. Now people bring into their house voluntarily, so it's more easy than ever to spy on people. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's crazy because, yeah. And really, most people have an Alexa or anything that can hear what they're saying. Including And I swear to God, whenever I even bring, like, for example, we went to um, dinner with a guy we didn't even know. He was our neighbor or whatever. We had dinner with these people, and the next day he was, like, recommended as my friend on Facebook. Yeah, never looked him up, never nothing. Yeah, but he's he's Jason. You got a point because, like you said, like old tactics on how the government could spy on someone before technology, right? Or at least before technology got as advanced as as it is. Um, yeah, you had to do something kind of out of the way. Now it's like everything is in our hands, in our pockets, in our everything, and that kind of goes back to the Idaho stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we we don't really truly realize when we post our lives on social media how who could be looking and who could be watching. And, you you know, I don't even think necessarily you have to be stalked in a car behind you anymore. Mm-mm. You can be stalked online because so many people post their entire lives on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I do is I do threat analysis. So celebrities, very wealthy people hire me for threat analysis. And half of it begins on the Internet, obviously. Before I have to go to their home and do check around the areas, I just start Googling them. I look at all the social media, and I'm like, oh, you know, I do the satellite images and the photos, and it's so easy to put a profile and learn a tremendous amount. And unfortunately, a lot of them, they're older, but they've got kids, let's say teenagers, who just expose everything, who put the address or put, hey, this is, you know, our favorite golf spot. And I'm just like, geez. So, yes, it it is very easy to spy on pretty much everybody these days. Jason, where do you see, uh, you know, and we'll wrap it up here soon, but where do you see, I guess, um, where do you see crime going in the United States? I mean, you look at these four Idaho students that had their whole life ahead of them and uh, some random dude, at least from what we know right now, random guy, uh, killed them. Like, that was what, book what, smart. He what, was book smart. He was book smart, but not, you know, uh, street smart. But like, what what are we looking at as far as say the next ten years as far as crime in this country? As far as like, is this going to get worse? Social media, is it, internet. Yeah, is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? What what do you see it? What? Well, I can tell you, it's not going to get better. I mean, unfortunately, society, for lack of a better word, is only getting more deranged. So society is only getting worse in that matter. Um, every year you hear, hey, we just set a murder record here in this city or a murder record here in this city. I think New Orleans is the murder capital of the United States for 2022 for last year. So uh, people are just getting more, uh, you know, seeing horrible things on the Internet, being becoming more desensitized. That's probably the best word to use mm-hmm. is that they're becoming so desensitized, can't even say it, uh, to horrific things. So that's why. You know, uh, people. so many people are hiring me these days for home security analysis and this and that because they know that crime is only getting worse. And I, I wish 
I mean, I wish we could leave our door unlocked and it wasn't crazy, but I know it's not going to be that way. Yeah. Now, Jason, um, you have a book out there. And, well, I think he um, has two books, actually. Yeah, 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 he has a few books. What is your most recent book? And, and tell us about it a little bit and, and, and how that may benefit, especially people listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's uh, I'll tell you two books. One is called Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life. And that one, I was blessed to have it become a New York Times bestseller. And that has very simple tips and tricks taken from the agency world that anybody can use. So grab that. And the other one is called Survive Like a Spy. And same thing. It's just adding on more information that I couldn't contain in the first book or couldn't put in the first book. Just everyday people, how you can use these security measures, how I take the the surveillance detection route, for example, and implement it in my own life. Uh, so, yeah, those are two books that will have have good trips or excuse me, good uh, tricks for for making everybody hopefully safer. Yeah. And lastly, or not lastly, but as far as parents uh, uh, of college students, what do you recommend that poly- if they if they have college students living off campus, but it's kind of in a campus zone? What do you suggest for parents to make sure that they're safeguarding their kids? I would tell the parent to go look at the house and go walk through the house because so many parents these days don't have a lot of information what's going on, meaning they take their kids to the house and drop them off, but they don't ask their kids, hey, do you have any security measures in this house? Do they have a ring doorbell? Do they have locks that actually work? I mean, do you have a deadbolt? Because so many of these houses are so run down, these frat houses especially, where none of the deadbolts even work. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, I would just go walk around and check out the house And if a landlord won't do it, you just spend a couple of bucks because it's not expensive to put up the motion sensor lights and do that type of stuff to make your kid a little bit more protected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and listen, for those of you that are out there listening, um, and Jason, obviously you're— Wait, Jason, I just—I'm sorry. I have one more question. Sorry. This just came to me. Do you think it's important to keep your lights on or off during the night? So I keep my lights on during the night. But I make sure if I'm going, this is going to, this is going to kind of confuse you. If I'm going out of town for a week and my family's not there, I leave them off because if somebody's watching that place and they say, okay, you know, he's, he doesn't have his lights. Nobody leaves their lights on during the day is what I'm saying. Most people, so you don't want to have your lights on during the day. Cause that's a red flag. If a bad guy was casing a house, but when I'm home, I'm doing the normal thing, meaning my lights are on at night and they're off during the day. And of course, I've got cameras and I've got motion sensor lights and all that. Yeah. And so one last thing, Jason, um, your your spy week. What is that about? Um, how can people get involved in that and sign up for that? And do you think it would benefit people that are especially tuning in to this podcast about the Idaho murders? And especially you're in Utah. You're really close to Idaho yeah. where this happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if people value safety and survival, if they want to learn practical tips that they can actually use in their real life, but based on the agency, and as I said earlier, I had to run this through the agency to get it approved and everything, is they will learn a tremendous amount. I mean, I've had people uh, who have avoided kidnappings, who have been saved overseas. One woman actually in uh, a gas station was attacked, saved herself based on this information. So even though I've trained thousands of people doing it, Fortunately, only a handful, you know, if I had to guess 75 people have had to use this to escape an attack or an abduction, but it did save their life. Absolutely. That's amazing. Well, Jason, I listen, we're definitely going to have you back on the podcast. We, I mean, because this podcast, we talk about everything and we talk about everything. Uh, I think some of the things you said tonight, 
Uh, would have been better, su- yeah, better suited for some of our other episodes, especially uh, the not better, but well, yeah, as I mean, good, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. good, like the Alexa stuff and the spy, you know, all yes, that, all um, of that, yeah. But yeah, there's, I mean, it, it's it's a crazy world we're living in, and I'm glad that we have people like you that are out there that post CIA or post their career in the government that are using at least their knowledge and their expertise to to potentially help or save lives in the future and. And uh, I got to say, man, we definitely appreciate you coming on. And as this case goes on, who knows? We'll definitely bring back. But we want to have you on regardless uh, again soon. But we definitely appreciate uh, all your expertise. And hopefully something you said tonight will save someone's life. And it could potentially. Now, is most of your courses in Utah? Are they is can someone take one in South Carolina, for example? So everything's in Utah unless it's a private group. So sometimes companies say, hey, you know, we've got a group of 50 people or 20 people or whatever, and we want to bring you into our office in South Carolina or Florida or whatever. So I do do a lot of private group training. I think so, you should do. Yeah, I think so you if should you do, get groups, that's good. I think, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like someone like you should do, colleges should be hiring someone like you to, to, to come to your college campuses teaching things right. like that. Yeah. At every college campus. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's here's a funny thing real quick. A lot of colleges don't want to acknowledge it, meaning the stuff I say is, quote unquote, scary. Yeah. So they don't want to, you know, they don't want to admit they have a crime problem. Well, it's kind of funny. I I do marketing for a living uh, during the day. And so it's one of those things. It's like they say, uh, you know, uh, the the tour guide opera or whatever. It's like, no, we want to talk about dolphins and manatees on our trips uh, in the the boat tours. But just don't mention alligators a lot because it's kind of scary. Even though, <laughs> even though a lot of people will love them, <laughs> but they don't want to see them. Yeah, we'll also lose business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're 100. That's how colleges feel about me. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but um, I think they need more of you around colleges, especially after this happened. Yeah. I think this is going to be an eye awakening thing, and I think that colleges really need to prevent things from happening instead of watching them happen. Yeah, because this is not just this is not just Idaho 4. This is we yeah. we've had so many college students be victim of violent crimes or murders. Uh, Samantha Josephine and at the University of South Carolina mm-hmm. with the with the Uber yep. thing. Um there there's so much of this that I think a lot of what you could potentially offer uh at the very least people should go read your book. Uh especially college students should read your book. Um, and get that mindset. I mean, I know you're young. I understand that you want to party. I've done, I've been there. All of us have been there. But, mm-hmm. man, if you can just read something to at least get your mindset in, right? Like, let's be more and, aware. Yeah. Let's, let's be more, you know. And um, even if you guys come home drunk that night, you know, you still have your little routine you have to do. We know we have to lock our doors. We have to do this and this yep. and this. I don't care how drunk you are or what drug you're on. You're doing this. To yeah. protect yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Well, Jason, man, thank you so much for coming on. We're, we're going to have you back on the podcast for sure. Uh, and and listen, I, I think your your um, your expertise and your knowledge is, could save a lot of lives. And I think a lot of people need to hear it. That's why we wanted to have you on for the Idaho podcast. Uh, you know, podcasts in particular, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are listening to this. And I think it's the greatest time when someone needs to say, hey, guys, these are some simple things you can do to potentially prevent this from happening again. So, Jason, thank you very much. And we hope to talk to you very soon again. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be glad to come back. And thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem, Jason. Um, 
Thank Jason, you, Jason. Thank you. Yeah. So that was Jason. Uh, look, Jason Hansen is amazing. He is um, ex-CIA guy. I mean, look, you don't get a chance to talk to a lot of CIA no, guys. No, I feel like privileged right now. No, I mean, it's, it's awesome. But it's so cool because he he does offer up a lot of yeah, a lot, a lot of, of ideas, great advice and free advice. I mean, he gave us a lot of free advice that anyone can take to try to protect themselves. Yeah, man, it's look, and and I say this often uh, on every podcast we do. And listen, some of you out there listening may not uh, listen or uh, to any of our subjects that we talk about outside of Idaho murders, and that's fine. But there is a very real thing that is going on in this world that a lot of people are not awake to, um, or you know, they're they're just they don't understand. They don't understand threat potential. They don't understand. Uh, how just corrupt things are in this world. And I'm talking about people's minds and souls and hearts. Everything in this world is so almost evilish, you know? And, you know, even 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 Jason talking about, he's like, well, I don't think people understand the level of how much the U.S. government knows about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. the, the fact that they used geo-tracking is like, it kind of sounds like that's like the lowest level of stuff. Like, you know, back in the day, when when if they wanted to spy on someone, the CIA or whoever potentially, they 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 plant a wire or a bug in a painting. Yeah, or they don't the have to is. do that anymore. No, because you have it's it in, in your, your house. house. It's on, already and, there and in your hand. Yeah, I mean, th- these are things that we are constantly monitored, and so some people may think that's great. That's a good thing, right? Um, well, it depends if you're tracking a murderer or you're trying to track somebody that's not or a murderer. Yeah, or you're trying to shape a narrative or right. you're trying to do this. Look, regardless, regardless of what political beliefs may may lie, uh, the government should not invade privacy of, of citizens and they should also not use that information they take um, in, a, in a bad way to shape narratives or mindsets or, or whatever the case is. There, it's tough to say that we are a free people anymore because of how much the government involvement and the government... Um, intelligence has advanced. It is insane. And although it, I guess, potentially could have solved this. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Crime, Yeah, it's right? beneficial for this crime. Yeah, but there, there's there's always, with power comes great responsibility and 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 also depends on who's in control of the power. You can use power for good, but also a lot of times you use power for bad. And that is that is what has happened in this country. Um, unfortunately, but besides that, guys, we hope that, um, 
we hope that this case and 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 look, this trial is going to be very interesting. The Brian Koberger Idaho Four trial is going to be extremely interesting. Well, it depends on how he pleads. Yeah, you know, if he just pleads straight out to save his life, there's not going to be any interesting anything. We're not going to find out the why in his mind. But I don't think that Brian Koberger is going to plead anything. I I, I think he's going to plead not guilty. And I think because of his, because just like Jason said, his narcissistic, narcissistic, mm-hmm. uh, I believe I'm better than all of this. Mm-hmm. He's going to plead not guilty. I believe this is just my opinion. He's going to plead not guilty and he's going to try to beat the system. And and he's going to believe that he can get a, a, even a couple of jurors, one yeah. juror. And he probably really believes this in his mind. Yes. And so that's what they do. They think in their mind they're smarter than ever, anyone else and they can get away with anything else. Yeah, it is very interesting, too, because, I mean, you know, he it seems like there's a lot of evidence against him. I mean, it would be tough to fight that battle. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the reasons I asked Jason, but, you know, about the the geo tracking, like how, you know, I efficient guess is how it? efficient mm-hmm. is it? How much can the prosecution prove that that is a legitimate thing? There's been questions about that. And well, Jason even said it's Jason pretty good. said he was a dodo for turning it off during the crimes and never turned it off before that or after that. That's kind of a dodo move. But the thing yeah. is, is yeah, Don't roll no, your I, eyes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. I was just saying dodo. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, <nothing>. okay, dummy, <laughs> dumbass move. I don't know. Um, but also, Jason was saying that like. And this doesn't this doesn't matter. It, it you know everybody is making this huge hoopla over he was a PhD student in, in college. Well, it's like Jason said, that's academia. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's mm-hmm. you going to college. But but if that was a CIA agent, he would have been in that house and out of that house and never been traced, and he would never been right. There. But if he were overseas and he did this overseas, he would have a bag over his head and he'd be dead. Yeah, if he was yeah if he was yeah. if he did it the way he did it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and he would and have been caught like yesterday. And so, not to sound bad, but like that just kind of shows you. I mean, I, I know this sounds bad, but what I'm saying is, is like even people I've I've heard in marketing, marketing they they go to college for marketing and then they get out of school for marketing. They're like, well, I don't really know marketing. Like, I don't know yeah, what you, you learn. I don't know what you actually do. College. Yeah, yeah. So he just thought for whatever reason that he was a good murderer because supposedly he was going to be, you know, a PhD student in criminal right. justice. And his and his professor professor was uh, talking to what is his name? P- B- BTK. Yeah. yeah, the BTK murderer. Yeah. But the reality is, is that I think for Brian Koberger, he didn't realize what he didn't really just think of the, the reality of the situation of stabbing four people. He left his sheath there. There's so much stuff he messed up on. Footprint, everything. And it was something that he didn't train for. He didn't actually physically train for. He went in a in a college class. They did these things. And that's not the same. And 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 you know, CIA agents, they train for this. But that's also a very good reason why you guys out there, no matter where you're at or or, or mm-hmm. what you do, train for this. Do it in your own house. Always be aware. If you're in a grocery store, look for exits. Look for look look at who looks weird or yeah, suspicious. Look around and, you. Even yeah. when you get out of your car, like I know when I pull up to a grocery store, especially when I'm by myself, before I even get out of the car, I look around me to make sure there's not you know. And if there's somebody like in front of me that has two people in the car, maybe they're just sitting waiting, but I know they're there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you got to know stuff like that. You can't be on your phone. You can't be doing that stuff. 
as soon as you get out of the car, in every aspect in my life, I am constantly aware of what's going on around me. If I go to a movie theater, if I go to a grocery store, if I go anywhere, I'm always aware of everyone in there. I will literally almost um, database everyone that I see. Yeah, you take it like a mental picture. Yeah, and I'll also Mm -hmm. notice if I see them again, I'll notice what they're doing, how they're acting, all of that. And I think more people have to be that And listen, I feel like I have... Because of my that awareness, I've seen more than I probably would have seen if I was sitting on my phone and not looking up the whole time. Yeah. So sure. you have to put your phone down when you're outside in the environment, and you've got to just practice safety. Absolutely. Guys, that'll be it for this Investigator with Podcast episode. Uh, remember that we do have a Twitter space tomorrow night. Uh, so go check us out on Twitter, Investigator with Podcast. And we're going to we're going to sit here and discuss all this same stuff. You guys can speak uh, and just join it. RSVP on there and then um, and then we'll bring you up. But I think this is all very good discussions. We can talk about all this stuff as people, as a as a common core of people that are interested in this case. We can do this and it may actually help other people in the future. So um, but that's it, guys. Until next time, we love you and peace out. Peace out. We don't have to say much, let our lips touch I will stay with you until the end Meet me in the dark
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.